Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Well, welcome to the Weekend Gardener on WPTF on a rather auspicious day. (laughs) Uh, How many times has this happened where we've either been in the middle of a hurricane or just gotten through a hurricane or one is approaching on a Saturday? Uh, And we talk about it on the Weekend Gardener. I'm kind of tired of that, but at least we uh, have survived this one. The power is off for a lot of people, like uh, my friend Tom Campbell earlier this morning. You said it came on, but welcome to the show, my good friend. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, we were out for 12 hours. Uh, in, oh, that's in, maddening. In the six years we've lived in this neighborhood, it has all underground cable. Right. Uh, it's never been out more than 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. So 12 hours was Woke me up at 4.30 this morning when the lights came back on, but I said, thank God. Yeah, that's a great way to wake up. <clears throat> it is. So, uh, Brother Rufus Edmonston is here. Uh, did you uh, lose any power, Counselor? No, but Tom must have thought of the old song, I saw the light, I saw the light. <laughs> Are we going to sing country probably, gospel songs again we, today? Probably not well, what he was thinking that. when he came in. Uh, Paul McKenzie, uh, How's everything up in Vance County? I see you came down from there this morning. Yeah, we uh, we lost power to him for a couple of hours, and and literally, I had just finished the sentence. I wonder if I should go hook up the generator, and the power came, came back on. on. How about <laughs> so, that? Uh, Lord was listening. I guess so. Yeah. Can can I just insert real quickly, um, folks? We forget about the dedication mm. of of safety crews that get out. 11,000 workers for Duke Energy were swarming around Wake County. We had 70-some thousand homes without power Mm -hmm. last night, and it's it's down. There's still some without it. 55,000 in Wake County, 300,000 across the state. But these people and the people, the EMS and the safety workers in hospitals and Mm -hmm. so forth, and and finally, kudos to WPTF. And WREL-TV, I'll tell you, when you're without power and you're wanting to know what the heck is going on, it's nice being able to tune on 680 yeah, and and also uh, WREL simulcast on their FM station. And it was just – it was so helpful because we didn't know – I mean, we're hearing wind. We're raining like crazy. We mm-hmm. don't know what's going on. And this is what broadcasting truly is all about. I remember when Hugo came through Charleston, South Carolina, all of their TV and radio stations were knocked off the air because it really did a number on them. But WPTF's big old signal could be heard down there. And we had Chris Thompson from Channel 28 up here for a long, long time. And he had been in the Charleston market. And I, I think the station got an award from uh, those folks down there from, from the city of Charleston. Uh, because of that, uh, it's uh, this is this is public service. It's why a lot of us went into broadcasting. Yeah, it is. Well, speaking of awards, Tom, why don't we uh, tell the audience what a great time we had Wednesday honoring our host here today? 
of the show. You don't have to do that. You know, we made the announcement uh, several weeks ago that Mike was going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame for North Carolina Association of Broadcasters, and Wednesday was the official ceremony at the Angus Barn, no doubt. The pavilion out there. Yeah. And uh, it was quite an affair. Yeah. (laughs) I would say so. It was kind of like a mini Oscars. It was well done. I'll tell you what. And that award they gave you, that thing must weigh, what, two, three pounds? It is uh, from a Swedish company. I assume it is Swedish Crystal. It it must weigh – it's got to weigh at least 10 pounds. It may weigh more than that. I'll it was very what. heavy because <laughs> you had to pick it up. I know it. And yeah. hand it to me. All, all the awards I've received so far have been made out of plexiglass. <laughs> Well, that's what I thought this one was when I saw it. It was well, when beautiful. Elizabeth gave it to me, you know, she she held it out for me to get so that I could give it to you. And she said, uh, now, be careful because this is heavy. Yeah, and then my arm just went, oh, my gosh, yeah. So I'm, I'm being very Mike, delicate. Was, I don't know what to do. Uh, it, was well, it was well-deserved, and it was a glorious day. Your entire family was there. Uh, a lot of your friends, a lot of people like Charlie Stegall, who uh, hired me, and he's 90 years old. He hired oh me 47 years ago, and I wow. was so happy to be able to bring him with me, and he was delighted. I loved working with Charlie, because I'll tell you Such what. Such a nice guy. If you ever wanted anything done, he had it organized, I mean, to the 10th yeah. degree. Yeah, and he's still anyway, organized. But uh, Melissa and the family were there, and mm-hmm. – uh, Along with a lot of, of people you know and whom who know you and respect you in broadcasting, and it was just heartwarming to see them coming up to you after the ceremony was over with and yeah, with patting, hugs, yeah, yeah, <laughs> patting you on the back. It yeah. was it was quite an affair and uh, a very meaningful moment, and I was so proud you let me be a part of it. Well, I, I as I've told you so many times, there's no way I can ever thank you enough for this. Um, well, I'm getting tired of the thanks. I don't, I know. I don't, <laughs> listen, let me tell you something. At some point in time, you don't need thanks. Yeah. When you when you know you've done something that ought to be done. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. I that's, mean, it, that's reward enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's great, Tom. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's got to make you you feel good that oh, you've does. accomplished something. Well, I would like to do that for somebody else. It, yes. And and the thing about it is that that made it so heartwarming. And I said this when the North Carolina Broadcasters Association Committee met. I said, Mike is the epitome of most of us who came into broadcasting. We started off as staff announcers, which meant that we got every dirty assignment that the station had. Uh, and worked and honed our skills and stayed with it. And how many people in broadcasting have been with a company? 47 years. Yeah. 47 years. And, you know, I, I, I really had a, a tough time, more so than probably most people, because of all the legendary people I started working with. Oh, listen, the Hall of Famers from this company, I mean, they go back to Pappy Pointer. They go back to Wally Osley and, uh, gosh, Mario Carl Dell, Gertz. Carl Gertz, Carl yeah. Venters. Jim Reed. Uh, uh, um, oh, shoot, his name just skipped my mind. Longtime 
uh, anchor for WR, Charlie Gaddy, who started here. Yeah, he in he, 19, the, he was hired the same summer as, as uh, Wally Audley, 1916. He left in 70, so I just missed working with him. Yeah, Channel 5 took him away to do television news, but he had done Ask Your Neighbor for so many years yep. uh, on the show. A lot of people still remember that. Mm-hmm. But there, uh, Don Curtis, Don. Uh, just a number and of you. former uh WPTF alumni, and by the way, it, it makes me thrilled that on October 15th, um, uh, Rosemary Whaley and a number of other people have organized an alumni uh, meeting of yeah. all the old Durham lifers. I hope a lot uh, of people show Oh, up gosh, that. I do too. It's going to be good to see some of them. But well, I, I got to meet people who I'd, uh, like Mick Mixon. I had never met I never had either. And Funny? Good yeah, gosh, yeah, this he, guy could do stand-up comedy. I, yeah, I, I'm. He's very. I think he's probably very shy. He seems to be relatively shy. Well, this person, was the year of awarding are. humble people because he. <laughs> no, seriously. It, yeah, Mick is very humble, and so Bill, is Bill Leslie. Bill Leslie's very humble. You, yeah. uh, you're the most humble guy I ever known. Well, and uh, it was just. It was a great day. Mm-hmm. I, I was on cloud nine all day long. And it was a beautiful day. Beautiful setting. Great food. I mean, who can beat the steak and chess pie from from the Angus Bar? Well, Mike, uh, I just got to say, uh, um, I, I doubt. I'm sure this didn't even come up in the in the committee meeting, uh, considering your award. But um, your you know talk about public service the way that you have promoted and supported cooperative extension and the master gardener program over many many decades uh if the, there's there's nobody that's been more supportive in promoting and and uh you know supporting cooperative extension than you uh, if there's anybody there i Else, I, I don't know who it would be. So well, it all started with Irv Evans. Yeah. Well, actually, no, actually, actually, with John John Harris. John Harris. But I didn't work that long with John. And uh, but yeah, he was an extension professor. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean the show show definitely started with him. And, and then uh, Irv, and then uh, Tom Campbell did it for a while. The uh, the the Tom Campbell that has good credit. You mean <laughs> there's another Tom Campbell? <laughs> yeah, he's got good credit and better looking too. I might <laughs> I, so, I liked your stunt about your fluffing up your hair you don't have. I thought that was a very good introduction. Well, I, you know, here we were getting ready to have a hurricane, and uh, we had been tuning in, uh, candidly, the Weather Channel. And we've always joked in our house about the fact wherever Jim Cantore goes with the Weather <laughs> Channel, those folks are going to be in for it. <laughs> and so I just thought I thought to myself, you know, I think I'll pretend to be Jim Cantore reporting well, from the Angus Barn in Raleigh, North Carolina. He was uh, he was wearing a baseball helmet or something like that yeah. uh, wherever he was. And I think he was knocked over by something. So he uh, he leads a very treacherous well, I think it's hilarious, life. by the way, these guys reporting whether they're standing. I, I got this visual memory of dan rather in the middle of a hurricane holding on to, holding a, tree. to, a, to a tree or a telephone pole or something and i'm thinking you know you have just proved that a fool is born every minute <laughs> and now consultants require that i know it. they do they do <laughs> you got to put on a show well 919-860-9783 919-860-wptf and uh, you're welcome to call us uh, about gardening and um, what's down in your backyard or if you have concerns about uh, trees. The storm, or, yeah. Because yeah, uh, uh, we're here, as usual in, in times like this, 
we'll talk about the storm and we'll also talk about what's happening in your landscape. But the uh, Ian, what's left of Ian is, is still fairly potent. It is uh, moving up. It's always hard for me to figure out where the eye is. Well, didn't we get the brunt of it here in Wake County? I think County? it did, and and that's uh, that's always concerning because I don't know that anybody predicted that. No, I, I'm they sure didn't. there's somebody somewhere did, but I don't think there's ever been a storm that has been as hard to predict. Nor have I ever found one that came through in such cool weather. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, <laughs> it, they originally were saying it was going to take a a dog leg turn to the left and go up. Uh, sort of uh, close to Boone in the mountains of North right. Carolina. Then they started shifting it eastward and eastward. And yesterday, before the power went out, they were saying the eye was going to go over Greensboro. Yeah. And evidently, it. Uh, well, of course, we were on the right hand right hand quadrant of that storm, which, which is, is the not most. Good. That's the most dangerous part of a cyclone, which yeah. is essentially what a hurricane is. That's the most dangerous part, and that's where we were. And I, I just believe that we got the the worst of it. Now I know we didn't get the flooding like they had down at Ocean Isle and several places. That like is that. bizarre. I just had no idea that they were so vulnerable. Now they have had some wind damage down there in previous years, but gosh, it was knee deep. Plus, well, low lying area. Down yeah, there. it really is. Their coast. Newburn was underwater. Yeah, of course, Newburn gets underwater when yeah. you know when you have a little rain shower now you're you you have property on the noose y'all okay we uh yes uh curiously enough you know we've we've suffered a lot from high uh, water and high mm-hmm. winds in the past we came through it there, there was a period my neighbors down there say that power went out for 30 45 minutes something like that they actually fared better than we did here in raleigh mm. isn't there a convergence of two rivers at new newburn yeah newburn is the noose and the trent yeah. Which is primarily why Baron Van Graffenreed and Von Graffenreed and the Swiss Palatines settled there is right. that they felt like it would be good for commerce and good for growing things. And mm-hmm. yep. they didn't realize how swampy and low lying it was and full of mosquitoes and <laughs> at the time. Uh, but anyway, I'm glad they did. Absolutely. It's a beautiful area. Um, and the Pamlico is so, so near. Mike, I know a lot of folks have trees down in the yard. Um, I and, do. Yeah. yeah. And, and folks, I heard that. folks need to be careful. Uh, you know, a, a couple of tips for you. You know, if you're if you're if you've got a job taking a tree, you know, cutting up a tree or something, and it requires you taking your feet off the ground, hire a professional. Yeah. Um, you know, getting up on a ladder or climbing onto a trunk uh, you just don't know what you're getting into unless you're unless you've got some expertise so keep your feet on the ground and and there's no rush i mean you know don't be getting out when it's all slippery and a lot of folks sometimes get in a hurry to clean things up so yeah chainsaws are powerful tools but boy i'll tell you what they can do some damage oh Mm. yeah most dangerous tool you could use in the home landscape chainsaw i I mean i've i've actually taken some training classes i I wouldn't consider myself an expert and i I run one a lot and they still scare me well i've often said you need two chainsaws one to saw that gets stuck up and another (laughs) unstick it Um, well you know steel the steel people require that you take some training from them do they yes before you buy them uh, uh, that's that's what they tell their dealers they didn't when i bought one they didn't no but you don't know well that was many years ago yeah 
but when a tree's on the ground, to any even when a tree's standing, you, you just, it's really, really hard to predict how things are going to move. Um, and, yeah, and, you have to and, have experience. And you can end up, you know, having something come slap you back in, in the face or, uh, you know, worse and uh, do a lot of damage. Uh, so be careful. Take your time. And, you know, any question, just hire a professional. Wear gloves. Wear goggles. Wear, wear a helmet if possible. Wear a helmet and chaps if yeah. You know, you can pick up chaps at uh, Chainsaw Chaps at, uh, you know, your local hardware store, Home Improvement Center. They're like, you know, probably 75 bucks, a whole lot less than a trip to the emergency room. A, uh, a lady died uh, from Johnston in, in the Clayton area uh, in a car accident related to this. And I, I noticed yesterday there were some um, heading home. There was a fairly bad accident. Uh, no one was killed. I'm sure there was uh, probably an injury involved on the belt line people driving too fast and in those conditions so we still have some of those conditions that we don't we mm -hmm. have a mist out there this morning i'm sure you may have passed through some out there paul there's still a little rain in the area and we're going to get some more tomorrow as uh, we've got all these low pressure and high pressure systems that have been converging that's also been probably one of the reasons it's been so tough for meteorologists to predict what in the world was going on with this storm uh, because uh, it, it's so dependent on what uh, whether we have a high pressure system that's pushing it away from something or one's already established uh, over Bermuda or, or so forth and presents that alley that it, that a hurricane can come right up onto North Carolina's coast and We've Good. had our storm for the year. Let's uh, let's just say I thank hope. you very much. We'll pass next time around. Yeah. <laughs> However, there is uh, there is a system that's off the coast of Africa that uh, has a chance of becoming becoming a storm. So they're going to be watching that. But it's uh, way down the road. Fifty five thousand people, I believe, are uh, still without power in Wake County. About three hundred thousand across the state. And uh, as Tom mentioned, all of those workers who are out there risking their lives every day. For the power companies to to deal in with the this dark. electricity in can't the dark, see, yeah. can't see what's going on. I know, and and they're they're way up in bucket trucks and and mm -hmm. uh, people winds blowing the yeah people driving me. by and and uh, you mm -hmm. know there's always a chance of an accident that way. So they're heroes. Uh, mm -hmm. They are. They mm -hmm. definitely are. I, I can't imagine doing that for a living. And uh, many of them uh, are having to stay in in this in South Carolina and North Carolina. Uh, they were going to be sent to. Florida, which is suffering so much, over 40 people have uh, officially have been killed in what happened down there. And uh, so. Haven't we, heard of any fatalities in North Carolina, have you? Except, I don't know if they're going to uh, count uh, this one in Johnston County, uh, uh, mm -hmm. in Clayton, as since it was weather Storm related. related. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know how though. But uh, our, our sure sympathy goes out to that family. 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. More of the Weekend Gardener coming up. Back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All right, we're back, and here Mike Rayley here, along with Tom Campbell and Rufus Edmonston and uh, Paul McKenzie from Wayne, uh, not from Wayne County. You've Man. never worked in Wayne County. I was thinking about yes, Lewis sir. Howe this morning. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, Vance and, and Warren County. 
today. And uh, weather is on the mind of a lot of people. And Brother Steve, uh, just a little while ago, talked with folks at AccuWeather. AccuWeather meteorologist Mike Lassini is joining us this morning to see where we're heading and where we've been and where we've gone. It looked to me, Mike, like, well, first of all, good morning to you. Good morning, Steve. Hey, so it seemed to me about maybe 10, 11 o'clock, things really started dying down around here. Uh, is there a time on when it really started moving out of the area? Well, yeah, you you have that about right. the 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 storm itself uh, has has it was weakening, and it was transitioning a lot of its rainfall out to the east uh, and the north of it as as it as it pulled northward. And as a result, we started to see some drier air push in from the south of the storm, and we're seeing that right now. Where there's a there's a significant dry push uh, all the way up into Virginia. This storm's going to be rather complex, and we're not going to be done with it here in the northeast and, and the mid-Atlantic uh, through at least uh, Tuesday. So we're going to get some remnants of it. We'll talk about that locally here in a second. But one of the things we had been talking with AccuWeather throughout the course of the week was the fact that this was a slow-moving storm, and we thought we'd get a lot more flooding than we did. But it seemed like it picked up speed as it kind of went across across the land. Yeah, that's not uncommon for storms as they come in to, as the farther north they get, they get this into those westerly strong winds aloft and they start to pick up speed. And uh, we did see that overnight, and that's a good sign. Um, but we're also seeing a lot of tremendous amount of rain uh, out east of the storm center, wrapping around the top of it into uh, into a lot of the uh, northeast here in, in the New England area as we go through the next couple of days. So right now they said it was heading up towards Virginia, West Virginia area. Is that about where it's at? Yeah, this, I would say the center of circulation still is down here. In fact, uh, right around 5 o'clock this morning, it was located uh, uh, 30 miles south of Greensboro, North Carolina. And if you look at a radar, you wouldn't think that's where the center is because all the action is way off to the north and uh, east. And uh, we're going to continue to see that this morning. And, you know, just locally, we're going to see a few gusty winds, maybe a few lingering showers. But for the most part, for us, the worst is over. Okay. So uh, the thing that everyone was concerned about was how long it was going to stick around because there's football this afternoon and tonight and all that sort of thing. But it looks like just cloudy skies and a lot of humidity for us for today. I would have to agree. Yeah, we are going to see uh, the best chance for our rain will be this uh, morning. And we'll see the gusty winds also die down as the center of that low continues to spin off to uh, the north through the day this morning. Mike, define gusty. How gusty are we talking about here? Uh, I know, I know. That kind of is, is a little bit uh, tricky this time of day. But we are, we are looking at winds gusting perhaps up to 35 miles per hour early this morning, dropping down to about 25 in the afternoon. Any chance we'll see a little bit of sun later on in the day? There's always that chance. Like I said, we have the dry air pushing in to this storm from the south. That will also mean that clouds will break up a bit as we get into the afternoon. Can't promise a lot, but you might see a few peaks in between the clouds. Fayetteville is the one that got the worst wind gusts. They got up to about 56 miles an hour yesterday. We were second in the area as far as wind gusts. So, And how long are we going to continue? Maybe Sunday and Monday, a few showers? 
Yeah, we're, the storm's going to become a little bit more complex. As uh, as it gets farther north, it's going to get into those westerlies, as I was talking about. And as a result, the storm's going to kind of split. And uh, we're going to see uh, uh, much of the moisture, tropical moisture from this storm, get peeled off and head off towards New England with a bit of the circulation lingering into West Virginia. That's the area that's going to continue to bring those clouds and the chance for some rain. Uh, our best chance, again, would be this morning. But as that low uh, spins northward, it's eventually going to get pulled back down towards the coast. And I think then as we get into tomorrow night, Sunday night into Monday, is our next best chance for some rain. And our temperature is definitely below normal for this time of the year. The uh, clouds are definitely not doing us any favors as far as that goes. We are going to uh, have ourselves a, a day today that's uh, well below normal, high 67, or normally around 78 degrees. And uh, I'm looking at the next several days, and we may have trouble breaking 60 the first part of the week. Yeah, that uh, storm is going to bring us with the clouds and the chance for some rain. This is going to also keep us in the cooler weather. Uh, don't, I'm not looking forward to any real break in it until after Tuesday. But after Tuesday, we could be in for some drier weather and, as a result, um, perhaps uh, some sunnier weather as well. Well, so we got, the, we got through it, and it wasn't maybe quite as bad as it could have been. A lot of power outages, not a lot of flooding, some trees down, so uh, nothing that bad. And, of course, we're going to keep uh, covering it here on WPTF. Mike Lassini is a meteorologist with with AccuWeather. Michael, thank you much. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Steve. Have a great day. All right. Thank you, uh, thank you Steve. And uh, also, Mike Lassini from AccuWeather. We'll have uh, more information from uh, the National Weather Service next hour. We'll be talking with some of the folks. There is a flood uh, watch for Durham and Orange Counties until 1130 tonight. And so and I'm sure that uh, Wake County is experiencing some of that. I know the, the folks down on Wake Forest Road have had the dealers, auto dealers, have moved some of their cars as usual. They learned the hard way. Oh, my. Yeah, yeah, many years ago. Uh, but uh, I didn't uh, – I drove past Crabtree Valley Mall this morning, and I, I didn't see the back of it where most of the time is – I mean, that part of it is right there on uh, Kid Brewer's uh, – Stream. Old property, yeah. <laughs> stream yeah. is pasture land, but I, I didn't notice that uh, Crabtree Creek was was up that high this morning. So uh, we're we're very lucky, but uh, do be careful because we're going to have rainfall in this area for the next two or three days. As Mike Lassini was talking about, it's hard to believe that. Uh, but there are several systems that are that have converged. That are that are causing part of these problems. So yeah, we're gonna get the back end of it tomorrow, as I understand. Yeah, I mean it was a huge system, incredible. I know. So uh, our prayers go out to folks in Florida and uh, Puerto Rico, uh, Myrtle Beach. I don't know if there were any deaths there, but there's uh, damage. Water from the ocean uh, actually came out on Ocean Boulevard. Yeah, which is uh, you know really the big deal down there, the most famous part of of Myrtle Beach. And well, and there's still uh, 50-some thousand homes here in Wake County that don't have power. Yeah, 55,000 was My sister-in-law over in Chatham says she hasn't had it. Oh, my. And so, yeah. Uh, hadn't come back on. So it'll be a while. It is. It is good. But they are, are working uh, 
through all of that. And there are a lot of a lot of other aspects to this, and we'll be uh, keeping up with that. In addition to talking about gardening, and uh, the rain is good uh, for for some of us. Uh, we it gets very dry during the fall, Paul. Yeah, yeah. The rain's going to help. It's going to help the farmers a little bit uh, with soybeans and such, and uh, folks that have their. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Uh, fall crops in uh, the rain's going to be welcome hopefully uh, things didn't get too beat up by the wind yeah so, are we officially out of the drought now oh i'm you know the drought I'm, monitor ev- uh, stuff comes out on thursday usually and i i think that we down east was probably a little more of a drought problem than yes than us yes um you know if for no other reason the sandy soil it's so absorbent, but there's a lot of runoff here. We lose a lot of, of that precious rain and moisture because of runoff in our cityscapes. And so uh, we'll, I guess we'll find out Thursday officially. So, uh, Mike, I, I walked around the, the Edmiston place this morning as soon as it got light. The Edmiston Mance? The Edmiston Mance. <laughs> and I, I tried to figure out what – in the way of plants, what stood up, what didn't fall down. Of course, phlox is always so good because it's a good root system. The Mexican sunflowers bent over a little bit because they have short roots, but it still is a wonderful, wonderful plant that will grow anywhere. Did, you ever, did I ever give you any seeds of uh, Mexican sunflowers? Yes, time? you did, and I've been cursing you ever since. I, I can, now, they will. They <laughs> Those will. things multiply faster than bunny rabbits. <laughs> well, i tell you what to do. When they get about a foot high, keep cutting them down. And they'll still multiply. But, <laughs> well, but thank they, you. But they, can't they, you, they can't you just pull them out of the ground? Can't you? You can pull them right out of the ground. Can't oh yeah. Yes, you, you can. You, you get a hunk but two of, more come up. You, you, you get a hunk of dirt with it when it comes. But I, I swear by them. <laughs> and your and, ginger lilies do the same thing, by the way. They well, fall but, all over. And that's something you want to multiply. Though. Oh they boy, they so smell so good. Yeah, they're kind of interesting looking. And, anyway, and, I need a fence to be able to hold them up so because yeah. they they bend over and and cover my path, my walkway back to my little shed house. <laughs> well, I I try to do the old biblical adage: multiply and grow strong. Uh, and another thing that I I look at right now, I've, I've been putting off planting my my clover. Well, right now would be a good time to do it uh, in the next two or three days because it'll still be wet. And and I hate to admit this, but Somebody got a hold of uh, the, the Roundup again, and we're emptying the can. I'm not going to say who. It wasn't Linda this time. And uh, there's a whole patch in my yard that's totally gone because oh, no. they were emptying the can. And everybody knows that when you empty a Roundup can, spray it on the driveway or somewhere right. because you can't rinse one out enough. And so we're going to reseed. Uh, Another another plant that's done very well is four o'clock. Uh, now you talk about something spreading, Tom. Oh yes, but it's such a beautiful plant. I love so, four o'clocks. And what it, kind of uh, conditions is that? Like? Any it's kind. You well, they like shade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they do, like shade. They'll do shade. Uh, and you talk about multiplying. If they get that seed gets within an inch of the ground, it'll pop up another one. How tall do they get? Uh, well, mine. Some of mine right now are, are close to five feet tall. Wow. Uh, and they open at four o'clock. The flowers they yeah. start literally start blooming about four o'clock, and then they close uh, up. And they, they close up <laughs> the next morning. You you think oh that thing something happened to it? It just closed up. 
And another good plant is your old-fashioned mop head hydrangea. You just can't knock yeah. them over. Yeah. You can't do a thing. Nothing harms them. Well, the cold yeah. harms them. And cold will harm them, but they'll survive better than, than, a, than a regular hydrangea. Uh, I, I didn't find any damage except uh, I have those 100-year-old uh, pecan trees. Notice I said it the right way. You did. You did. Pecan trees. Because you don't drink that, out of a cone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. And they're, they're very reliable for having branches, small ones, but they've never cracked open, not a one of them. They're over 100 years old. Now, they give you plenty of debris, uh, and that, it's cleanup time. But, That's all right. They're worth it. Well, but, as my but, uncle Russell used to say, they just give out. <laughs> yeah. That's a good Southern <laughs> Well, I was going to ask Paul about it. I, We've been having a lot of discussion in our house. Uh, okay. I am I am spending uh, money for a Moblo and Go service mm-hmm. every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had this company that comes around and sprays uh, and, and aerates and replants seed and so forth like that. I've got an irrigation system. My water bill last month in, in August, I think it was $229. Wow. Well, that's with the swimming pool too. But anyway, so uh, we've been having a lot of discussion of, and, and, and my grass just doesn't look that good. It uh-huh. is, I mean, for all the money I'm spending, it uh-huh. ain't worth it. So I'm wondering, uh, do you see a lot of people now who are sort of getting away from having so much of their yards planted in, in grass? And if so, I've gotten away from it. Well, what are you doing? I've got plants all over the place. <laughs> you just you put mulch down, and uh, it's ridiculous. It's absurd. I've got to. I've got to cut back, but I only have a a, a little bit. Well, I need to see yours. The 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 roots system. And some of the trees, even crepe myrtles, just sucking that, uh, you know, sucking it all up, all the moisture during the summer. And well, I've been reading about something called xeriscaping. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think shrub beds are a great, great way to go because they'll take up a lot of space and they're, you know, relatively low maintenance. And with the diversity that we have in the world of shrubs, you can have things that flower and blossom and give you fall color and and, and all those things. And, you know, shrub beds are, I mean, nothing is maintenance free. There's no free lunch in gardening. No. Um, but, you know, the more you can convert to, sh- uh, to beds, and, and if you're going to convert to beds and you want the lower maintenance option, go with shrubs versus, you know, annual color beds or perennial beds or something like that. Um, uh, so th- so that's that's a good direction to go. And, and yeah, I'm in favor of reducing turf area. I'm, I mean, I'm not anti-turf. Uh, and I think, you know, it is possible to have good quality turf. And I think good quality turf uh, enhances your landscape. And if you're if you're doing it right um, and, and you've got the right conditions for it, which if, if you don't have it, you can create the right conditions, then you can do it uh, fairly efficiently if you're doing the right things at the right time. OK, well, I've, I've come around to believing that fescue is not the best grass. It's a, it, well, it's considered a temporary grass in this area by turf specialists. Well, I was going to ask what what is what is a better what I mean I, obviously yeah. if you so plant zoysia, it's thick. It 
dies in the winter. Yeah. So the the problem in North Carolina is 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 if you really want a great looking lawn with less maintenance, you you just need to move. <laughs> you, you need to either move north. That's not a very good option right. for a home extension person to be telling. <laughs> but the, but the warm season grasses do give you less maintenance. So what yeah, do you, I mean, so it's what do you all recommend? relative. So uh, the, the the turf grasses that I recommend, and, and I don't think there is a best grass. Everything's a compromise. I think tall fescue can do very well. I think zoysia can do very well. Centipede can do well in many situations, and Bermuda grass. Those are the four species uh, that, that I would consider. Tall fescue being the only um, cool season grass of those four, and the other three being being warm season grasses. The advantage of the warm season grasses is that um, you, you you shouldn't ever have to overseed or reseed because they if you get a little bare spot, then they'll fill back in over time. Um, you know, but there's trade-offs because you know you plant Bermuda grass and you're going to be working to keep it out of, out of your flower beds and vegetable garden. Um, if you plant centipede, it, it's uh, it, it doesn't tolerate traffic well. So if you you know have kids or dogs running around on the on the turf, it's gonna you're gonna get bare spots. Um, so everything so do you overseed, everything's a trade I mean, could I overseed my fescue, or do I have to kill the fescue first and then? Oh, do you do you have oh, you have yeah. right much sun in your front yard, don't you? A fair amount. I've got two large crepe myrtles uh, that are keeping sun off my grass, and that's not helping any. And they, yeah. they also will will you know, suck will up compete the, yeah with that moisture. Um, you know, for, compete for the moisture. But if you have at least six hours of sun, you can you can plant uh, put down. I wouldn't seed it. Uh, the zoysia but you can find you know yeah zoysia i, I think you'd want to uh, either patch <clears throat> or lay down the soil yeah. but bermuda could you overseed with that no i mean if if you're going to convert you just need to go ahead and go full into a renovation where you kill off the existing turf uh till everything up yeah, to, you, you know, got to make seed con you got seed contact with the soil is very important so yeah. you would have to disc that up kill it kill it and disc it up yeah you'd need to do a full-on renovation i I mean i'm serious about this because i think from an ecological point of view as well as from a cost point of view and maintenance i mean you know the american dream was always to have your own home and have this big luscious Mm -hmm. yard with grass then you figure out you're going to spend every saturday cutting it and then right you know fertilizing and watering and well, if if you if you maintain according to the NC State calendar, um, then you know you you can reduce the amount of water that you apply if you're real strategic about it. Uh, you can if if you're mowing <coughs> at the right height and you've got a good thick stand of quality turf, you're not going to have the weed competition, and you can get to the point I think where instead of having to broadcast uh, weed killers, you can do spot sprays. That's going to save you time and money and, you know, reduce the environmental impact. Uh, fertility, it's about getting the right product out at the right time. You need to be using a slow release product and applying, you know, on the right schedule. Um, and, and, you know, those are the things that can increase efficiency and, and keep your turf looking good. But you, you got to start with so, full sun and uh, well-prepared soil. Do y'all have any publications about this that would be? 
Absolutely. God, I whole, yeah. Am I just giving you? Website. I'm giving you the lines, man. Yeah. I <laughs> Feed, I'm, feeding, I'm feeding him. You're feeding me. Turf files is a good place. Yeah, to start. turf files on the uh, NC State Extension website uh, is is your go-to reference. We have, of course, the Bible of turf in North Carolina is the publication Carolina Lawns, which has been published for uh, decades and is updated periodically. And that's available for free from your extension center or as a free download from the website in full color. Well, Paul, um, you, you've never seen my yard. Tom, Tom and Mike have quite a bit. You didn't mention my favorite thing, uh, clover. Are you lobbying for the clover? Well, I, I'm, going, I'm, going to, I'm going to it again. When I first the clover's came, invasive, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, a, it's what we want. Yeah. But there, there, there's nothing like looking out over a lawn. and <laughs> Rufus's gardening strategy. The white bloom just and wants green. bees all over it. When, when I first came to Myrtle Manor over 30 years ago, there was huge swaths of, uh, of yard and my friend from Pittsburgh, Mr. Cecil Williams, decided he would do me a big favor one time and brought up two, two dump truck loads of chicken manure. And since that time, I've had every weed known to mankind. <laughs> but as, as my philosophy goes, it's green, it's mow green. it down, yeah. and, put, and put clover on it. And, and I would say now, Tom, half, half of the – you've seen the yard. Half of what the space that used to be yard is now – in plantings, and, and, and I think the best thing that the, uh, Paul was talking about, a bed of plants, encore azaleas, uh, gardenias. Hydrangeas, viburnums. Uh, yeah. Uh, blueberries. I'm, I'm moving. There's a whole back strip along my house there. I'm, I'm moving out at least two feet each year and cutting back on the yard space. And Linda's next. And yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that, she may move us, me out. That'll yeah. give us something to contemplate through the break here. Uh, WTTF, <laughs> you're listening to the Weekend Gardener, I think. <laughs>